Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. A short, about a 13-minute Bible study each day, getting us into God's Word and thereby helping us to stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. But being in God's Word every day also helps keep us focused on a relationship with God and have a more spiritual, positive mindset to be able to deal with life each day, whatever it throws at us. Now, you know people in your life, undoubtedly, who need to turn their focus around. They need to start thinking about their relationship with God and their soul's salvation. Help them by sharing these short studies with them every day, literally. You may help somebody turn their life around you may help somebody get to heaven, and that'll be a great blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So share through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, but make that commitment. Start sharing today and every day with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. And make that commitment and follow through. We're going to continue our line of thought and study we're asking the question through this broader study, why do good things happen to bad people? We began looking at the other side of the question. Why do bad things happen to good people? And we went into a great deal of depth and scriptural study talking about why good things, why bad things happen to seemingly good people on an ongoing basis. Well, this is the reverse question. Why do good things happen to bad people? We've talked about how God bestows some blessings universally on all mankind. We might call them the laws of nature. The sun, the rain, all of the laws of nature, they apply to all of humanity, even the bad people. Now, by bad people, those who are ungodly, those who are living in sinful lifestyles, those who have not come to God, they've not yet become Christians through Jesus Christ. They've not been forgiven. They've not been saved. But God, he loves them anyway, and he wants them to come to him. He has blessed all of humanity with a soul. We have a spiritual being within our physical being, and that's so we can walk with God and so that we can be with him in heaven for eternity. But he doesn't make us live a godly life. He doesn't make us live a, a, spirit, a, a, a good spiritual life. He wants us to. He's given us his word to teach us to do that. He sent his son to the cross so that we could have the opportunity to live that kind of life and look forward to eternity with him in heaven but he doesn't make us do it. Well, God's goodness and patience should lead the unrighteous to repentance. God keeps, he keeps bestowing certain blessings even on what we might call the bad people, the ungodly people. But those blessings, and again, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. James chapter 1 and verse 17 if there's something truly good in our lives, it's a blessing from God. And even those people who are bad people, they're ungodly people, even some might be atheists, whatever truly good things they have in their lives, they need to open their eyes and recognize that those are blessings from God. And those blessings from God should motivate them 
to see the truth and the reality in the matter and motivate them to come to God through Jesus Christ for forgiveness and salvation. Now, God's goodness, part of his goodness is patience. He's giving us time. Those who have not yet come to him through Christ, their Lord and Savior, those who have not yet repented, God is patient. He's giving them time. Remember what we studied in 2 Peter 3 and verse 9. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But his patience will wear out one day. It will come to an end. And see, he expects us to come to repentance. The very next verse in verse 10 says, but the day of the Lord is coming as a thief of the night. It talks about how there will be that day of judgment when all that we see around us will be burned up. That would be part of the judgment from God. And we will all have to give account of the way we've lived our lives in this world. And so Peter says, so that reality being reality, that should motivate us to live godly lives, faithful lives before God. And God's patient, pointing us toward that reality, giving us time to come to our senses and repent and seek his forgiveness through Jesus Christ by being baptized into him, at which point the blood that he shed on the cross will cleanse us of the guilt of our sins. Acts 2 and verse 38 and Acts 22 and verse 16. Remember, if you're thinking, well, I've already come to God. I'm a good person. I'm, I'm okay. At one time, you were an enemy of God because of your sin. We studied about that in detail in Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 10. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's how much God loves you and loves, loves me. You needed forgiveness at one time. You needed God's patience. You needed his love, and so did I. And so does everybody. If you have responded in the way that God has laid out in his word, that you should respond to come to him for forgiveness and salvation, praise God, thank God. And a whole lot of people out there, God is still loving. He's still being patient with them. He's waiting for them to come to repentance. Now, Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, that most people aren't walking down that road of having repented, of having come to him as the Savior, that road of God's truth that leads to eternal life in heaven. Most are going down the broad highway of self-destruction that leads to eternal condemnation in hell. How sad that is. Well, remember, too, that this world is the devil's workshop. A lot of people don't like to think about the devil. They would like for the devil to be kind of some myth, but he's real. In Revelation chapter 12 and verse 9, it describes the devil in this way. The great, so the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world, He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. 
No question about the reality of the devil. He's the enemy of God and he's the enemy of you. He wants your eternal destruction. In verse 12, it says, Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. Oh, yes. The devil, he knows he has a short time to work on humanity. And you, your soul, he's after. The Apostle Peter, uh, again, writing in 1 Peter this time, chapter 5, and verse 8, he describes the devil as a roaring lion. Be sober, be, be vigilant, because your adversary or your enemy, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, how can you beat the devil? Not by walking with him in sin. When you're living in a sinful lifestyle, you're walking with the devil. But you can resist him steadfast in the faith. Verse 9 of Second Peter, 1 Peter chapter 5. James, he talks about this same reality and how you can resist or defeat the devil. He says in James chapter 4 and verse 7, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But you see, you can't resist the devil without submitting to God and God's will for your life. And there's the hang-up for a lot of people. They don't want to submit to God's will. They want to do whatever they want to do, and that is largely live in sin of different kinds. But James goes on and says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. We cannot walk with God and in sin, sinful lifestyles, at the same time. They are two incongruous or lifestyles that do not go together. They are in contradiction to one another. In John chapter 12 and verse 31, John 12 and verse 31, we read this, and our Lord speaking, now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world would be cast out. The ruler of this world would be cast out? Uh, that's the devil he's referring to. The devil is referred to as, as something of a ruler of this world. Well, why? This is where he does his work. We need to recognize that. Every one of us needs to understand that the devil is active here in this world, working on our spiritual lives through our physical living. He tries to pull us away from God. He tries to pull us away from righteousness and into sinfulness. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our vulnerabilities. And he works on those continually. Now, what does James say again in James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8? If we're submitting our lives, our will in our lives to God's will for our lives, then that's effectively resisting the devil, and he'll flee from us. And as long as we're walking with God, he'll walk with us. The devil will leave us alone. Now, it doesn't mean he won't hit us here and there, but the devil will not, he, he, 
when we're walking with God, we're victorious over the devil. When we're living that faithful, godly life, we're in victory over the devil. Now, that's a consistent life that we need to be living in faithfulness before God. But as long as we do that, we're being victorious. And the devil has no room in our lives. In John chapter 14 and verse 30, Jesus said, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. See again, referring to the devil and his power, his latitude to work in this world. In this world. This is his, this is his realm of working, his workshop, so to speak. And we need to recognize that and not be careless in the way that we live our lives in the face of that reality. Well, let's stop here and pray. Father, help us to open our eyes to the danger of living in sin because that result is what the devil leads us into. He is our enemy. Help us to realize he is our deadliest enemy and to always be on guard against him, to submit our lives, our will, to God's will for our lives, and to have confidence in so doing that God will protect us from all of the ways of the devil. Help people everywhere recognize this reality and then embrace it, Father, we pray. Please, gracious Father, forgive us. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.